brethren, Brother Bob here again. This is Bob's Bible blurb on the topic of rewards. Matthew 19, 27 through 29, Then Peter said to Yeshua, We have given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Yeshua Christ replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Now, because my podcast topic is about rewards, I want to look at what Christ didn't say in the verses that I just read. Christ didn't tell his followers that they were arrogant and self-centered for even questioning if they were going to get any perks for choosing to serve him. Christ did not tell his followers that they were arrogant and self-centered for even thinking that they deserved something for serving him. Christ didn't tell his followers that they were foolish to even think that they could do anything that would be seen as rewardable by the Lord. Christ also didn't tell his followers that even if they did good works, that the Lord would see those good works the same way he looks at disgusting, smelly, filthy rags. Christ didn't tell his followers that only the gifted or the chosen or the shepherds or the wise and intelligent will be able to do those things which please the Lord. Christ didn't tell his followers that even if you do some good works, it wasn't you who really did them, but the Holy Spirit in you. As for all my Pentecostally friends. And finally, please notice that Christ did not tell his followers that this special earned eternal life is not going to be freely and unconditionally handed out to believers who are just saved. I covered this topic of a special eternal life. I covered this topic about the eternal life that the Bible teaches is a reward and not something freely given to people just because they get saved. So please check out my last podcast. It'll better explain what I'm talking about when I mention this eternal life that's a reward. Brethren, pleasing the Lord and then being blessed for choosing to please him is a concept that we find throughout the whole Bible. Adam and Eve would still be in the garden chasing around each other naked if they had simply chosen to please the Lord instead of themselves. God would not have wanted to destroy all humans on planet Earth if they simply would have chosen to please the Lord instead of themselves. King Saul and King Solomon would have their names listed in the Hebrews chapter 11 Great Hall of Fame chapter if they simply would have chosen to please the Lord instead of themselves. Hebrews chapter 11 was a way for the Lord to openly honor those believers who chose to please him. Brethren, the good Lord is going to reward all those children of his who choose on their own to do those things which please him. Now, unlike the faithful Old Testament believers that the Lord rewarded physically or financially by blessing them with things of the earth, the faithful church-age believers are going to be rewarded in the next life at the judgment seat of Christ. Church-age believers, they're going to get rewards that are part of the kingdom rewards if God finds them faithful at the judgment seat. So please listen to me carefully. Brethren, getting eternally saved is not a reward from the Lord for a service done. Lost people don't get saved because they somehow earn the right to be saved. Eternal salvation is a free gift that a lost person simply receives by believing the gospel of Christ. And it's important to also understand that once a person does get saved or born again, they do not receive any kingdom rewards, blessing, or honors at the judgment seat of Christ simply because they were born again or got born again sometime in the past. Unlike salvation, rewards are earned. The scriptures clearly teach that a saved child of God must earn or merit, i.e. put some effort into doing those things which please the Lord, if they are hoping to receive 
kingdom rewards and honors in the next life. There are no participation trophies handed out to God's children in the next life if they were not involved in serving their king in this life. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For all believers must stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or bad we have done in this earthly body. I share this all the time on my podcast, brethren. The good Lord never chews out or rebukes the Holy Spirit because a believer is carnal or disobedient or chooses to do the wrong thing. The Lord always puts the onus on the child of God for either choosing to do the right thing or the wrong thing. It's up to us. We have a free will. Even the Holy Spirit, as powerful as he is, will never, ever override our free will. We have to choose to do those things that please our Heavenly Father. That's what the reward system is all about. In eternity, the crown of life isn't going to be much of a reward or a blessing for the believer who finds out that they were not the ones who earned that, but it was the Holy Spirit. It's not going to happen that way. When the Lord looks at believers and says, well done, good and faithful servant, he's talking to them, not the Holy Spirit. And when he rebukes his servant for being lazy, you wicked, lazy slave, he's rebuking that servant and not the Holy Spirit. We are responsible for how we walk the talk. I know that thought drives the Pentecostal-like believers crazy because everything for them is spiritual. They're not tying in truth with spiritual, though, and they get caught up in all their feely emotional thoughts about how impossible it is for God's children to choose to serve God. That's ridiculous. To think that it's impossible for a child of God to choose to serve the Lord is ridiculous. It's absurd. It's moronic. I'm not even going to go there. So now before I get any further about rewards, let me set the biblical record straight about what the Bible says about God's people desiring to earn rewards. It's not a sin, brethren, i.e. selfish, prideful, arrogant for a child of God to do as the Lord commands, knowing that they will receive a reward for choosing to be obedient. And anyone who tells you any different is a fool. Don't listen to them. Trust me, the Lord's going to judge your heart and motives at the judgment seat. If you're playing fast and loose with the Lord and doing things for selfish reasons down here on planet Earth, well, you know what? He's going to know that. And those good things you were doing to please people or please self or for money or honor or prestige are all going to get burnt up. Yeshua Christ commanded his followers, which would include believers today in the church age, to store up treasures in heaven. Now, here's an important side note. The only way that a believer can pile up true biblical treasures in heaven is by doing those things that God commands his people to do. Our Heavenly Father does not reward those children of his who choose to do stuff that does not line up with scriptures. Unfortunately, the churches today are full of people doing what seems right in their own eyes. They're doing stuff that doesn't line up with God's written word. Now, I don't want to get sidetracked by what I just said, but I believe that the whole aspect of believers being involved in thinking they can honor the Lord through pagan-originated Catholic on holy days like Christmas and Easter is a good work is absurd. It's not. But again, the Lord's going to look at the motive for a lot of these people. I know the truth about Christ's Mass and Ishtar, so I don't get involved in it. And yet many believers naively and foolishly believe that the Lord is pleased when his children try to use Christ's Mass and Ishtar to honor him. They do that out of ignorance. Again, I'm I'm not going to judge a person's motives or sincerity, but, but brethren, you got to start doing some research. You need to start separating all of these religious myths and these man-made teachings from biblical truth. Because what's going to get you a well-done, good, and faithful servant at the judgment seat is doing those things that the Lord commanded us to do. Not the things that we thought were right or we felt were right or that we hope were right. The things that were right in God's eyes are those things that are written in his word. 
Christ said, these people try to honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They, how they worship is a joke, for they teach man-made ideas as though they were commandments from the Lord. Okay, so it's up to you as an individual Christian to determine what is of the Lord and what is of the world. And the only way you're going to do that is to start reading your scriptures, doing some studying, doing some historical studying. You're going to find out a lot of stuff that's going on today in the churches that's made up by people over the years. And because of compromised Christian shepherds, it was allowed to linger and took a foothold in many Christian churches. Let's get back on track. Again, it is not a sin, selfish, prideful, or arrogant for a child of God to do as the Lord commands, knowing that they will receive a reward for choosing to be obedient. Matthew 6, 19, Christ said, Do not store for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. And the only way that a believer can pile up or store up true treasures in heaven is by doing those things that God commands his people to do. Now, maybe you weren't aware of what Christ was implying, but I can promise you that he wasn't telling God's people to somehow store their earthly treasures and gold bonds in heaven. There's a lot of people in the church of living God who are hanging on earthly stuff it's not going to matter when you step into eternity. you got to let go of that stuff. Sell that stuff. Sell that stuff and buy a smaller house so you can teach your children at home or so you can send money to help missionaries. Sell that stuff. All that stuff is going to be burnt up when you get to the other side anyways. The treasures that Christ spoke of are those rewards, blessings, and special honors that the Lord gives to his faithful children at the judgment seat. When Christ uses the word treasures, He's speaking about future kingdom reward blessings and special honors that the Lord bestows on his faithful children. And if the Lord gives these heavenly kingdom rewards only to his faithful children, that quite clearly reveals that he's giving these rewards to those children who earned or deserved them. Psalm 18.20, the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. That means he has rewarded me. King David is not speaking about his salvation in this verse. Again, no one is rewarded with eternal salvation for doing stuff, even if it's righteous stuff. Eternal salvation is a gift from the Lord, not a reward. It is earned. King David knew quite clearly that if you walk the talk in a manner which pleased the Lord, that he, David, would be rewarded by the Lord for his faithfulness in the next life. Now, brethren, when I say walk faithfully, I do not mean to walk perfectly. Walking faithfully in God's eyes involves obedience. That means knowing what it is the Lord wants you to do and then do it. Walking in sincerity means walking with a genuine, sincere heart. You need to be walking with perseverance. That means don't give up or grow weary when the going gets tough. Brethren, it's easy to love on God and love on people when life is going easy. And then we need to walk with a repentant mind and heart. There's no way that a child of God is going to go through this life without occasionally stumbling or bumbling in sin. Our Heavenly Father knows that. From time to time, we're going to let him down. That's why he created this amazing avenue of sin cleansing through confession and repentance using the mighty, powerful blood of Christ. Now, I know that because I told you that a believer has to choose to do those things that please the Lord if they want rewards, most emotionally led, overly spiritual believers hear what I just said, and they go into a type of Trump derangement syndrome. And that's because just the idea that someone would teach other believers that they can earn or merit or deserve anything from the Lord, especially a reward, puts most emotionally led, signs and wonders-seeking believers into a rabid-induced-like state. 
Brethren, first of all, if the good Lord believed it was sinful to pile up rewards in the heavenly realm, he wouldn't have commanded his followers to store up treasures in heaven. And secondly, if the good Lord believed that a child of his was being arrogant for thinking that they could deserve or earn a reward, he would tell us that in his word. Christ would have rebuked Peter for asking him what's he going to get for serving him. Christ did not rebuke Peter for asking that. The fact of the matter is that over and over again, the Bible gives us examples of the Lord promising to reward and or bless his faithful, obedient children. Deuteronomy 11.1 1, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep his charge, his statutes, his ordinances, and his commandments. Now, being that God is God, he rightly deserves our undivided attention, honor and worship 24-7, regardless of how we feel about serving him. So with that said, God could have simply told his people, Deuteronomy 11.1, 1, to love me, to obey me, to keep my ordinances, and stop right there, demanding that we sinful, ungrateful, selfish, and unholy people serve and obey him simply because he is the Lord. But he didn't stop there. He goes on to say in Deuteronomy chapter 11, You shall therefore keep every commandment which I am commanding you today, so that you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you are about to cross into so that you may prolong your days on the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. It shall come about, he says, if you listen obediently to my commandments, which I am commanding you today, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul, that he will give the rain for your seasons, the early and the late rain, so that you may gather your grain and your new wine and your oil. He will give you grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. In these verses, the Lord is promising to reward his faithful and obedient children. I'm not going to get into it now, but if you read what happens, what the Lord's going to do to his unfaithful children, it's not going to be rewards. It's going to be all kinds of punishment and all kinds of chastisement and some very difficult times ahead for those children of his who choose to not obey him. Our God, who is a good God, loves to give his faithful children stuff. Just as earthly parents enjoy giving their pleasing children stuff. Now, a pious-sounding, sanctimonious believer is going to teach you that you should serve the Lord just because he is the Lord. And to a point, that's true. However, if it pleases the Lord to give stuff to those children of his who obey his word, then by all means, choose to show your Heavenly Father how much you appreciate him by choosing to do those things which please him. And in return, he'll bless you. This isn't rocket science Christianity that I'm sharing with you, brethren. Now hear me out. I want to make something clear. A believer's main priority for serving Christ should not be, again, should not be to earn as many eternal rewards, blessings, and honors as they can get. In fact, I think if you're, if anybody would actually try doing that as a believer, it's going to get burnt up anyways. By far, our main priority for serving Christ should be the fact that he willingly allowed himself to suffer and die so that he could save our sorry butts from hell. Can I get an amen? Now, I want to reiterate a point. You need to understand that just because a believer chooses to do a good work for the Lord, that doesn't necessarily mean that that good work that they chose to do will automatically be seen as righteous by the Lord. A believer can be sincere as can be about what they're trying to do to please the Lord and be totally wrong about what they're doing. There's a lot of that sincere but unbiblical teaching going on to churches today. I'm just going to give you a couple of things. I don't want to get sidetracked, but there's going to be a lot of people in a church who are going to teach you it's always a sin for a Christian to drink alcohol. That's a lie. That's not what the Bible teaches. People with good intentions think that they're doing the right thing when they teach it, but they're teaching a lie. They're basically false teachers. You're going to find teachers who are going to tell you that, oh, you know what? You must speak in a tongue. Another lie. Absolute lie. 
I don't, I don't even believe tongue is for the day, today anymore, but that's a different subject. You're going to teach, there are going to be believers who are going to teach you that if you really want to be loved by the Lord or used by the Lord, you got to get a second baptism of the Holy Spirit. I guess the believers who believe that must believe that the Holy Spirit messed up the first time he indwelt a believer and now needs a special spirit buddy to help him, them, accomplish what he forgot to do the first time he indwelt a believer. Now, I said all this sarcastically. Brethren, foolish, unbiblical teaching like these are not good works, no matter how sincere somebody is when they teach them. And these silly teachings of men are definitely not doctrines that will earn or merit a believer kingdom rewards at the judgment seat. In fact, those believers who carry their unbiblical doctrines to the judgment seat will be soundly rebuked and not rewarded. Brethren, we are all going to be held accountable for what we believed was biblical truth. So we had better be right before we announce a doctrine or a teaching that is of the Lord. And I promise you that there is going to be a severe, i.e. very bad, judgment for those believers at the judgment seat of Christ who add or take away from the truths of God's written word, regardless of how sincere they are. Brethren, God's people get rewarded in eternity for doing the things that the Lord commands his children to do, and not for doing those unbiblical things that they wished God would be pleased with. Proverbs 13, 13, the one who despises your word will be in debt to it, but the one who fears the commandments will be rewarded. In Revelation 22, 12, the Lord said, I'm coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all believers according to their deeds. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last beginning and the end. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10, again, so whether we believers are here in this earthly body or away from this earthly body, our goal is to please the Lord. For all believers will stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good work or the bad work that we have done in this earthly body. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 8, 11, 12 through 15, it says, The believer who plants and the believer who waters work together with the same purpose. And all believers will be rewarded for their own hard work. For no believer can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, which is Yeshua's Christ. He's our foundation, saints. He's our founder. We need to build on that. Any believer who builds on that foundation can use a variety of materials, God, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. Again, we can't put God in a box. There's not like a, there's not like an exact type of material we have to use, but we definitely have to use God's word when we're using the materials to build on the foundation of Christ. Verse 13, but on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each believer has done. The fire will show if a believer's work has any value. If the work survives, the believer will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the believer will suffer great loss. Now, this is the judgment seat of Christ. It's a reward judgment. It's not a salvation judgment. So when when a believer suffers great loss here, it's going to be kingdom loss. They're going to suffer the the loss of not being able to serve and rule and reign in God's kingdom. Now I'm good, I'm being facetious here, but in eternity there's going to be there's going to be believers who are going to get the job of cleaning out the outhouses because the Lord uh, saw their work as useless. They were. They were, bare, they were basically saved by the skin of their teeth because they were born again, uh, but they really weren't serving the Lord when they were living in an earthly body. So no rewards, no blessings. So you know what? Go clean out the toilets and go dig some ditches. Brethren, these judgment verses like these in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 need to make God's people realize that the judgment seat of Christ, which is a reward judgment and not a salvation judgment, is not going to go well for that blood-bought, eternally saved, born-again believer who did not live their earthly life, at least trying to please their Heavenly Father. 
Friends, getting eternally saved was easy. It was free. Christ did all the hard stuff. On the other hand, if you desire to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter the joy of the Lord at the judgment seat, you best get into your word and learn those things that please the Lord and then do them. Your true friend in Christ, Brother Bob.